Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So when you think about somebody winning their first WWE title, you assume they're going to go into a massive program and take somebody on that's a bigger star as they are. Doesn't really happen. And there are exceptions to all of this, but that's boring to talk about. It's like Stone Cold versus The Rock. It's like, yes, we know, Simon, you absolute bored a-hole. Why don't you give us some juicy information? So hello there. Welcome to What Culture. Please make sure you hit that subscribe button. And that's right. Today, we are going through the 10 most unlikely first WWE title defenses. Let's go. <laughs> Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso. Happening at the 27th of September 2020 Clash of the Champions pay-per-view premium live event, I don't think anybody called Jey Uso being Roman Reigns' first opponent and if you did, I shall call you a liar. Roman had found himself with a universal title after that out of nowhere payback show and a few days after this, Jey Uso made his return to TV after being away for three months, went into a fatal four-way match, won that thing meaning he was now the number one contender and his cousin was the champion. As it turned out, this was genius because not only did Uso reinvent himself during this mini feud, but it had such a good finish when Jimmy Uso also made his comeback to WWE and he threw in the towel, mostly because the head of the table had gone crazy was ready to murder his family member. This also happened at the Hell in a Cell I Quit match that happened about a month later where Jimmy was like, please Reigns, would you stop? And do you know what all this led to? The formation of the bloodline. As I stand here in late 2022, the bloodline has been some of the best TV WWE has done in years. So you gotta give a round of applause to this booking. They absolutely smashed it. Number nine, Shawn Michaels versus Jerry Lawler. Well, we don't talk about this one enough, do we? Because it's crazy. Because after Shawn Michaels had defeated Bret Hart in their legendary WrestleMania 12 match, he came out the other side needing an opponent. Now, we did have a feud ready-made for him that we'll just talk about in a second. But 24 hours after the showcase the Immortals, Vince McMahon thought he should defend his belt and he picked Jerry the King Lawler. I suppose there were some reasons for this. We couldn't do Bret Hart because he was taking some time off. And at the In Your House pay-per-view, it was going to be Sean taking on Diesel, but we needed to build to that. So we basically used this as an angle. Also, everybody knew that Jerry Lawler would be a safe hand to work with too and allow Shawn Michaels to be somewhat of a legend, which he did do. And after the fact, Mr. Perfect took the world title. He gave it to Diesel, who had also been on commentary. And do you know what Big Daddy Cool did? He took this would-be weapon and he smashed the heartbreak kid in the face. So the setup was all there and we did kind of get into it before Nash left to go to WCW. And I tell you, 1996 is a really weird time in the WWF. 
I don't really think they knew what they were doing. Number eight, Chris Benoit versus Rhino. So we do always have to reference the fact that it is very hard to talk about Chris Benoit these days. I know it happened so long ago, but you always have to bring it to the forefront remember the memories of the victims. Anyway, back in 2004, he had just won the World Heavyweight Championship at WrestleMania 20 after beating Triple H and Shawn Michaels. When around about a week later, we were on Raw, and Vince McMahon decided he should have a title defense against Rhino. And there was absolutely no reason as to why. This was the 22nd of March, 2004, if you do want to check it out. And the whole card is weird, because you also have Rennie Dupree taking on Chris Jericho and Rico taking on Kane. Also, if you zoom right to the main event to see Benoit versus Rhino, I wouldn't bother because they weren't put in that position even though he was the champion. That was reserved for Triple H. As far as I can recall, this was the only time Rhino had a shot at a WWE World title. He lost in five minutes after tapping out to the crossface. So you tell me. Number seven, JBL versus Spike Dudley. I mean, you already know why this had to happen. Somebody was going to be killed. JBL had already ruined all of our lives when he had somehow defeated Eddie Guerrero at the 2004 Great American Bash. And on the following SmackDown, when he was celebrating the fact he was the champ again, he decided he was going to be a fighting one. And after going through some proper names, just went, ha ha ha, I know I'll take on Spike Dudley. Trying to get Spike over as a super duper babyface, he was all like, no, other brothers of mine, I don't want your help. And he marched to the ring. And he did get a few moves in here, but ultimately Bradshaw hit him with these two clotheslines from hell that almost killed him and finished him off with a powerbomb. It would always have his place in the history books though because Dudley was first and this was the start of Bradshaw's record-breaking reign when he also beat the likes of Eddie Guerrero again, The Undertaker and Kurt Angle. I believe Shannon Moore is in there too. I like to be a fountain of information. Number six, Bruno Sammartino versus Miguel Torres. So we are going way back now because on the 18th of May, 1963, Bruno Sammartino was not only the WWF champion, he was about to change wrestling forever. I mean, who knew he was going to hold on to this thing for eight years after he had defeated Buddy Rogers at Madison Square Garden and the amount of dudes he beat to get here? I mean, there was Luthez, Boris Malenko, Gene Kanitsky. Bruno had basically taken everybody down. Now he was on the mountaintop. This is why it is very strange that his first defense was against Miguel Torres, a dude that even if you want to go and research today you're not going to find many details about. We do know that in 1957, Miguel started to hit his stride where he had some success in the NWA and the CWC, which was essentially the precursor promotion to the WWF. He certainly wasn't the type of dude to be booked into a title program though, and as far as we know, never won any kind of championship gold. And his record was 1-2, lost 7, drawn 1. So I suppose it was just some random face for Bruno Sammartino to built. It was gibberish that came out of my mouth, Bruno San Martino, but you don't have to worry about that because it's everything else that became so important. But if you want to know your history, it starts with Miguel. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Number five, Yokozuna versus Crash. I mean, who else, right? You're a Samoan wrestler pretending to be a Japanese dude. So you've got to take on someone else that may or may not be from Hawaii. It's just classic wrestling. You do need to go to the 12th of July 1993 episode of Raw to see this. And no, of course, we're not talking about Zunes' first reign. Because that was WrestleMania 9 when it was abruptly ended by Hulk Hogan. Instead, we're going to move forward a few months. When Yoko finally beat Hulk Hogan at the King of the Ring to become a two-time champion when he turned his attentions to Crush. And this all began because after Yokozuna had his hand raised, he went to an aircraft carrier and was like, oh, I bet no one can slam me. And no, I'm not kidding. Of course, Lex Luger was the winner of that competition. But Crush was a dude that almost got him up. Therefore, everyone decided he should have a championship match. It went down on the following Raw, and as it turned out, this was just to get Zunes over as an absolute monster, because he hit Bonze drop after Bonze drop after Bonze drop, to the point Crush had to be stretched out of there, as the commentary team also said, well, he already had a bad back after he tried that slam. What an absolute loser. So yeah, it was great for Yoko, and he went on to have a terrific run. And as for Lex, well, you already know, We've talked about it a lot. It did not work. Number four, Brock Lesnar versus Paul London. And talking about people getting murked, let's get into this. This is an amazing story too, because as the tale goes, after Paul London was signed to WWE in 2004 and turned up for his first day of work, he was like, well, I want to be a nice professional. I'll go say hello to everyone, including Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Now, because Vince is an absolute insane person, he took this as some kind of slight refused to do the handshake and probably shouted to the skies, he now has to be booked against Brock Lesnar, who had just won the title from Kurt Angle after that SmackDown Iron Man match. This did go down on the 9th of October 2003, and as you've already figured out, Brock absolutely squashed London like he was some kind of fly, and the F5 he gave him at the end... I mean, it did not look like a picnic. You absolutely should go and check this out, though, when you do have this knowledge, because you'll be laughing away in the wrong possible way. You'll be like, <laughs> this is really uncomfortable. Why is WWE like high school? Number three, The Rock versus Shane McMahon. So this happened twice. Twice! As it was the attitude era, this happened in quick succession, too, because The Rock was able to become WWE champion in March 2000, as well as July. 
and for some reason, both times somebody went, we'll just put him against Shane O'Mac. It kicked off when The Rock won the damn thing at Backlash, where Shane McMahon was the special guest referee, which meant afterwards we had to do a steel cage match when it was the great one taking on Shane as the corporation just tried to screw him over like crazy. I mean, it took Earl Helmer coming out to try and calm everything down. Jump forward two months and the great one had just beaten Triple H at the King of the Ring to once again become the champ. Yes, Vince decided, well, once again, he should go against Shane. This one was a little different because it was basically a story point in the sense Chris Benoit came out within seconds and the whole match got cooled off. If you're now scratching your head going, how did Shane McMahon get all these opportunities? Well, I can tell you it's because his family ran the business. Number two, Hulk Hogan versus Yoshiaki Yatsu. At WrestleMania 7, Hulk Hogan finally defeated the evil Sergeant Slaughter to not only become the WWF champion again, but save America. Never, ever, ever watch this. It is terrible. The best part is Hogan only had two defenses of this championship before he did lose it to The Undertaker at the Survivor Series 1991. And the other one was indeed against Mr. Yatsu. Happening on the 1st of April 1991, it wasn't like Yatsu didn't have some name value. Because not only was he smashing it in New Japan Wrestling, he eventually jumped over to AJPW, where he won a bunch of tag team championships. The Hulk Hogan match all came together though thanks to promotion SWS, which was brought to life by none other than Geni Hiro Tenchu, who decided, well, what if I come up with a company and then I just try and work with as many other companies as I possibly can? This included the World Wrestling Federation, where in Kobe, we put on this crazy cross-promotional event, which did indeed have Hulk Hogan taken on Yatsu. Now, of course, he didn't win, and absolutely nobody was talking about this after the fact, because this was the same night when Koji Katawa had decided, oh, I'm taking on Earthquake, am I? Well, maybe I'm trying to beat him up for real. And he did. He tried to start a shoot fight. So once again, you have to go and Google that. Your eyes will not believe it. It was Nats. Number one, Drew McIntyre versus The Big Show. So what the flub was this? And who the hell came up with it? It was just so weird, especially because it happened at WrestleMania 36. And if you've gone back to try and watch that now, well, don't even bother. Because this was the pandemic WrestleMania. It would just make you feel sad in your tum-tum. It was, of course, headlined by Brock Lesnar taking on Drew McIntyre, where Drew finally slayed the beast to become the WWE champion. And McIntyre did the best he could with this. He was happy, he was crying, he broke the WWE rules by talking right into the camera. And as soon as those things shut off, as we found out on Raw the following night, the big show walked out and was like, oh, well done, Drew. Maybe you want to fight me. For some reason, Drew said yes. And all of a sudden, we're having flashbacks to WrestleMania 9, being like, oh man, please don't do a Hulk Hogan. But of course, McIntyre did win, and we saw this on Monday night. But I still don't get what the purpose was. And it also made the big show look a little bit like a dick. It's also a great reminder why we should never go back to empty arenas, because it does give birth to ideas such as this one, just to draw a line under it. I don't ever want it to happen again. Truly, truly terrible. Know of any other world champions that had crazy first offenses? Make sure you let us know in the comments below. And don't forget to like the video, share the video, and subscribe. Then you head over to whatculture.com where you can read articles like this with your eyes. Head over to social media where you can follow us at whatculturewwe and Simon316. And there's loads of videos like this. Just give it a watch. You'll learn something. My name is Simon for What Culture. Thank you very much for joining me as always. Nice and warm in my hat today because it's so damn cold. See you soon. 
Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.